I'm more useful in agriculture, on our farm, in our family when I'm doing the stuff that excites me and not just like saying yes to the stuff I don't want to do because I think I have to do it. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. All right, friends, welcome back to Gather and Growth. Today, I am joined by my friend, Annalise. We are fresh off of our speaking tour. <laughs> she and I have had the opportunity um, to get to keynote together at a few Women in Ag events recently. So it is only fitting that we bring her story to you here today. I am so excited for you to get to know her if you don't already. So Annalise, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, of course. And if someone is just getting to know you for the first time today, would you give us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you do, and what brought you to today? Yeah. So I'm Annalise Wagner. Uh, If you are on social media, you might know me as Modern Day Farm Chick or Mod Farm Chick. I am a dairy farmer from Wisconsin. I'm a twin mom. I'm a wife. I'm an advocate. I'm dabbling with speaking now, but mostly I just consider myself a rural woman, a woman in agriculture. So I would love if you could share a little bit about, you know, kind of how you grew up and then what that transition looked like as you met your husband and then moved to where you live today. Yeah. So I grew up on a large dairy farm with my parents and two younger sisters from a young age. Like I was super active on the farm working alongside my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents even, which is really cool. So just always very into the dairy industry, involved in 4-H, FFA. After graduating high school, I went to the University of Wisconsin River Falls, where I initially majored in egg business and then quickly realized that's a lot about numbers and got the (laughs) heck out of there. And then I did egg marketing for a while, which I did enjoy aspects of that, but ultimately changed my major to dairy science because what I loved most was just being on the farm and being with cows. And it was at the university where I met my husband, Tom. We met in a dairy club event. If you're familiar with dairy club and ADSA, if you know, you know. Um, (laughs) So we met there. And then after graduating college, I followed him to his family's farm, which was a little bit of a change. It wasn't what I expected. Like I had planned to take over our family's farm, but things happen. It all worked out the way it should. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be now, but it was definitely an interesting transition, I guess, or not not one I expected, but I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a common thread between so many women in agriculture that I talk to is like, whether or not we grew up in it, which I didn't, you did, but still moving on to a different operation or maybe a new operation. It's like, you're then having to completely redefine your role, whether it's learning the ins and outs of the business to begin with or applying everything you've ever known to this entirely new situation. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, 
you go to a new farm and even the cow crap smells different. You know, everything's different. Their family operates differently. It's relearning how to work, you know, in a new family, in a new area and finding that role. And I think we as women in agriculture go through so many role shifts Mm -hmm. and it's tricky and it's easy to be like, oh, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do for my family, for the farm, for agriculture. And sometimes we're saying yes to things that we think we have to do, but aren't things that serve us. And I'm sure we're going to get into this quickly, but that's like what being a modern day farm chicken and what I've learned in the last, I mean, really just year, but slowly my whole lifetime is being a modern day farm chick is figuring out what excites you, what serves you, and then exploiting that for others. Like I know right now, like what I'm doing, where I'm at is what I'm meant to do. And it's, I'm more useful in agriculture, on our farm, in our family, when I'm doing the stuff that excites me and not just like saying yes to the stuff I don't want to do because I think I have to do it. Yeah. So I would love if you could share more because I know it's been, yes, a lot of it has really come together in the last year, but it's been like a 10 plus year journey of you kind of trying out these different roles and redefining what you look like as, you know, the new wife on the farm and then the mom and then now sharing online and this and that and the other. So I invite you to, you know, bring us through that evolution. What were some of these different things that got you closer to where you are now? Yeah. So like I kind of mentioned, after graduating college, I followed my husband to his family farm and found myself as the new girl in town, the new girl on the farm and navigating through that. And in that time, I kind of started sharing my story online because it was a way to connect with my grandparents, with my family and friends back home. It was fun. It was something I found important. I wanted to educate consumers and connect people to their farmers. So that's really why I got started. And a lot of my content when I first started was just sharing farm facts, busting myths, talking about our farming practices. It was very much about the farm and not really about me at all. Mm -hmm. And then I had twins. I became a mother. And again, I saw myself in this transition, this, this role change, and again, trying to navigate through that. And I think... I don't know, you know, you, I went from full-time farmer to part-time farmer, full-time butt wiper, mm-hmm. and you kind of lose a little piece of yourself. And you're like, who am I? Like, I know I'm more than just a mom. You miss that career person you were before. And so I think for a while I was kind of, I don't want to say miserable, but, but I wasn't my happiest self. I wasn't doing yeah. things that excited me. I was really just going through the motions I'll also add that I did not care for the infant stage of babies. That was really hard. So that was like a big role shift. And then just through time and sharing and trying new things and saying yes to more things outside my box and things that excited me, I kind of found where I am today. And today I'm happy to say that I have a part of me that gets to farm and and be that farmer and I'm there's a part of me that gets to create and be online and connect with others there's a part of me that gets to host events and speak at events and it's the best of both worlds as Hannah Montana would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, be careful. We might just break into song. <laughs> <laughs> and another part of your story that I really 
have enjoyed listening to you tell is when you started sharing about skincare online and kind of that identity Mm. crisis of, oh my gosh, who am I? Like, everyone's like, this is going to be so weird. Everyone in, you know, my friends are going to judge me or people in agriculture aren't going to understand. And I almost don't want to talk about it here because it's not cow facts or it's not mom life. Like, and I feel like that's so relatable because no matter what we're stepping into or what we're trying or anytime we want to do something new that we haven't seen done before, like those feelings of who am I? What are they going to think? How does this fit? Like that can feel so overwhelming. So how has that Mm -hmm. like really served you? And honestly, like given you an even more incredible opportunity to connect agriculture to people who might not otherwise be invested in that. Yeah. So when the twins were babies and I was spending more time at home versus the farm, because it was just easier to deal with them at home. I felt this longing for more. Like I wanted something that allowed me to talk to adults, like made me feel like I was financially contributing to our house, just like kept me busy during nap time, made me feel like a grown up. And so I started selling skincare and I was super nervous about it because I think one, there's like a stigma against direct sales and MLMs. And so I was worried about that. I was also very worried about what people would think because I was supposed to be a mom and a farmer. Like, I was like, I can't step outside this box. I can't be anything else. Like I had this idea that I couldn't do that thing because I thought people thought I should be doing something else. It's like, what? That doesn't even make sense. You know, you can do whatever you want. But I was super scared to start for so many reasons of how was this going to fit into my content? What would my friends think? What would my followers think? Like a farmer who sells skincare. But ultimately, I did it. I got started and it was a lot of fun. It was a great success. I was able to help those in my community with their skin, their lashes, their confidence. I was having conversations with other farm moms about things besides kids and cows, which was really nice. I was also making an extra income, which is really nice. And then I was introduced to this whole new group of women. As an advocate, someone who's been sharing their story online for quite a while, I I notice a lot of my followers are just fellow farmers. And you know, if we want to connect with people outside of agriculture, we have to do things outside of agriculture. And mm. when I joined Rodan and Fields and started selling skincare, I didn't really have that idea in mind. That wasn't my goal, but that's what happened. I was introduced to a whole new group of women, women who have never met a farmer, been on a farm, or thought about where their food comes. And now we had bonded over skincare, over being goal-oriented, over being mothers, over all these other things. And they're following me on social media. We're having conversations in real life. And so now when they do have a question about agriculture, like I'm the one they come to. And if I hadn't said yes to skincare, (laughs) selling skincare online, like I wouldn't have met all these people. I wouldn't have been able to share my story outside the egg community. And I also learned so many new skills, you know? I learned how to market. I learned about skincare. <laughs> I have really great skin now. I have a grown-up skincare routine. But I learned how to, to work in a team, to run a, a Zoom team meeting, all these other skills that I can use now within my life, within my, my business. So it was pretty cool. It is pretty cool. 
Yeah, I love that you bring up that a lot of times in agriculture, and I, I am sure this exists outside as well, though, like so often, like we're talking to each other. And that is important and valuable to, you know, be in community with like minded people. But so many people's mission is to educate consumers or to help people understand where their food comes from. And I think you bring up a really good point is if if we're just talking to other people who are like us, then we're not breaking through that. And I know you and I have talked about this, that so often the best way to advocate for agriculture is to not talk about it at all, just to Mm -hmm. connect with people over, you know, whether it's running or skincare or mom life or recipes or books, this, that, and the other, like just building this network and this community of people in your life that you are connected to and sharing about in so many other ways. And then also being like, yeah, and and we farm and here's what our life looks like. Like that is what is showing what it's like to be a modern farm family, a modern woman in agriculture. Like we are so multifaceted. And the more Mm -hmm. that we give ourselves the space to break out of this box and to explore, you know, things outside of just what we know, the greater ability we have to build these bridges and connections that ultimately reaches that end goal of, you know, educating and building trust and fostering real deep connections and understanding with what we're doing. Yeah. I think so often when people want to share online or become an advocate, they lead with the farm, right? They lead with agriculture. And it's like, lead with yourself. Be a human first. Be uniquely you. Share all the things that make you you and just like sprinkle in the agriculture because people are going to be much more apt to like find common ground with you and, and trust you and want to ask questions because they see all the different things that you have in common. Mm -hmm. Um, like if you, I mean, I don't know, I'm not maybe the best example because I do talk a lot about agriculture in there, but I, I try to mix up my content. But I think if someone's just scrolling Instagram and they come across your page and if they just see farmer trying to connect with consumers, like that's what your bio is, they're going to skip right by because they're like, why? I don't want to follow a farmer. And what, what is he going to tell me? Why is he calling me a consumer? But if you can just Mm -hmm. be you as a human and be fun and all the things that make you you, they're probably going to stick around and listen Mm -hmm. to what you have to say about all the other things in your life. And then when that piece of agriculture comes in, that message about food and farming, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I, I trust her because of X, Y, and Z, all these other things we've talked about. Yes. Well, and I think this transcends agriculture and well beyond is hearts are rarely changed through arguments. And so the louder that we're, you know, shouting facts or or bashing all of these, these things, I think that oftentimes that can put up walls where it's like, Mm -hmm. well, you are other than me. And so I can't trust you because you don't understand where I'm at. But like you said, when we can build those connections and, you know, bond over personalities or common interests, then that's where it's like, oh, huh. Well, I hadn't thought about it that way. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. But we connect on all these other things. Like maybe I'll I'll put some consideration into that. I know you've shared some stories of like people you've been connected to who have totally reframed their like purchasing habits or their Mm -hmm. awareness of agriculture through just like little snippets that they've learned with you over building trust with you over time. Yeah, I had, she's a friend now, but I met her through Rodan and Fields. Again, a city gal, never really been on a farm. And she started following me on social media after we started selling skincare together. And she messaged me one day and she's like, oh, 
You're telling me that organic milk is just as safe and nutritious as conventional milk? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you just saved me a whole bunch of money. And like that right there was like, this is why I do it. This is why I share online. This is why I put myself out there because if I can just help one person realize they don't have to be fearful in the grocery store and that no matter what they can afford, it's a safe and nutritious product, like that means the world to me. So like that was definitely a big aha moment. Yeah. And on the topic of um, social sharing, I know something that a lot of people are trying to wrap their heads around is as we start sharing online and sharing our stories, it's easy to be inspired by other people. And it's also really easy to get caught in that trap of comparison. So what has that looked like for you over the years? And how do you stay grounded in who you are and what you're doing without drowning in that relating yourself to what anyone else is doing? It's perfect timing because I just posted about this yesterday because I just had this exact same feeling the other day. There was like some other girls that I follow on social media and they had just launched a podcast. And even though like I am happy with what is on my plate, I've got a good thing going. I'm proud of what I'm doing. My life is, you know, a good combination. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm feeling fulfilled. But I still immediately was like, well, they have a podcast. I should have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing wrong? Why don't I have a podcast? And it's so easy to compare yourself to other people and think everybody else has it all figured out and is doing things so well. But really, none of us do. Nobody has it all figured out. But yeah, that inner voice, that comparison business, it comes up and usually I'm just like, okay, time to shut my phone and go do some journaling, make a list of all the things that are working really well for me or all the things that are bringing me joy. And then just like, go do those things, go live life. And then you're going to come back with more creativity, more inspiration, and a better ability to like connect with others and help others. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's so easy to get caught in that trap. And like you said, drown in that like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough. And it's like, I do I even do I even want to do that? Does that even fit into my life? Like, no. And that's where, you know, so often I think we can attach ourselves to these goals that someone else is doing. Well, they're doing that, so I should be doing that. Or they're making this much, so I should be doing that. Or they're sharing in this way, so I should be doing that. And it's like, take a step back and evaluate what do you even like? What do you want to be talking about? What conversations do you mm-hmm. want to have? How do you want to spend your time? Like the question I ask all the time is like, what do you want an average Tuesday to look like? And if sitting down and recording a podcast is not in your average Tuesday vision, then it's probably not for you. Right? I'm always encouraging people to share their story. That's a big part of my message online. But I I often think people think the only way to share their story is in big ways, like on social media or becoming a speaker or having a podcast. And it's like, No, there are, you can share your story in your own unique way, whatever is comfortable for you. It might, you know, be like me on social media and talking to people every day there, or it might just be like hosting a tour in your hometown or walking through your parade. There's so many ways to share your story and promote agriculture. And you just have to figure out what works for you and makes you happy. Yeah. Okay. I would love if you could talk about that more. Like when someone, when you're coaching someone through, I want to share my story. I want to get started. Where do I start? Like what kind of questions do you ask them or where do you invite them to begin? Because I think there's also something to be said with like 
we can drown in indecision forever. So you kind of just got to start trying things and go for it. But like, how do you even help someone who's like, gosh, I just feel like it's time for me to share my story, but I don't know where to start. Yeah. So the first question I always ask is why? Why do you want to share your story? Why is this important to you? You know, and ask about like, are there some past stories that really stuck out at you? And you're like, I want to help be the change. So why is this important to you? And then you know, what is, what is kind of your key message? What is it you want to share? And who are you talking to? And then like, where does this happen? What's a comfortable place for you? Like, if you don't like social media, then don't try to be mm-hmm. someone on social media. If you would rather just work in your local schools, or like I said, walk through a parade, host an event, write a book. I mean, there's so many ways that you can have a presence and, and share your story and promote agriculture. So identify your why, your message, your audience, and then just like where you want to do this and just start somewhere. When I started sharing my story online, did I ever think I would like be on a podcast with you or speaking at events? Like, no, I was just like, oh, I'm going to start my story. You just start somewhere. And that's the other reason I want people to share their story. Like not only are you going to help and make an impact on other people, like it can have a very big impact for you and your well-being and your career and bloom into bigger and better things. Yeah. But I I love that you shared that just starting because you don't know where it's going to go. And I think releasing the pressure expectation that it has to go somewhere because ultimately like we can't decide necessarily what opportunities are going to come our way. Once you dive in, you never know what conversation you have or who you're going to meet or who you're going to get connected to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I don't know if you're into affirmations. I'm assuming you're an affirmation gal, but one of my favorite ones is like, I am open to opportunities, you know, Mm -hmm. and just sitting back, relaxing, do your thing, do the things that make you happy. And I can tell when I'm in that alignment and when I'm like feeling that flow, because once you know it, opportunities come my way. Like you'll get an email, you'll get a question, this will come up. And it's like, that's how it's meant to be. Yeah. Just being open and putting yourself out there and be willing to do something that you've never done before. No one around you has ever done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a leader. Thanks for listening to Mommy Podcast. If you like today's episode, we will film a dancing children with a parallel dose. Thank you very much for watching. You heard the girl. If you're loving today's episode, we would so appreciate if you leave us a review, share on social, or send it to a friend. Now, I know one thing you've started doing recently is hosting your own events. And Um, I I can think of, gosh, probably a half dozen people off the top of my head who are starting to be like, gosh, I really want to bring women in agriculture together. I see a need for this in my community. Where, Where does someone jump in, in creating an event or starting something from scratch? Good question. I'm trying to think what I even did. I think I just kind of had this vision in mind. The reason I started mine was my sister and I were having a conversation talking about conferences. um, And our favorite part about conferences is the networking and talking to other people and learning from other people. And so I just knew I wanted to bring that to my community. And so just kind of having an idea of, of what you want out of it and what you want people to get out of it is where you start. And then really find a venue, find some food, 
the rest is easy. But if you just kind of know your purpose and what you want people to get out of it, like you just, you got to start. And I've hosted two now. I will say my first one, I was like super nervous. I hardly even talked in front of the group. And the second one was like, this is amazing. And I got up and gave a little speech and it was so much easier. But again, it's because I got started. And so no matter like what is on your heart or mind, like you just have to start and know that the first one's not going to be easy. It's probably not going to be great, but it just gets better. You get better at things the more you do them. Yeah. I love that you encourage like, what's your purpose in this? Because if it's to bring people together, well, then it doesn't have to be extravagant. Like you and I spoke at an event in one of our friends like shops with folding chairs and, you know, local catering and And it was incredible. Like the people had so many good conversations, made new connections and friends. And if that's your intention, then it doesn't have to be glamorous or huge or have, you know, 200 people in attendance. If you want to bring people together and serve them well, that can be with five or 10 or or 20 people. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you and I are both goal oriented and, you know, dreamers and can cast a vision for anything and everything. But I know John Acuff talks about in his book, Finish, like take the goal and cut it in half and cut it in half and cut it in half and then start Mm -hmm. there. Because eventually it's going to grow to anything beyond your wildest dreams if you want it to and if it makes sense. But you're never going to know unless you jump in and do it scared. And like you said, be okay with the first one being messy or uncomfortable. But if you're rooted in your intention and why you're doing it in the first place, it's all of those like extra fluff things, not fluff things, like I'm sucker for a good venue. But like if, you're, if <laughs> right. you're rooted in your intention and your intentions to bring people together, well, you can do that from wherever you are. Yeah, I think intention is huge in, in everything you do. Um, just knowing hey, if I'm going to share this, what's my intention here? Or if I'm going to host this, what's my intention here? Yes. I think that can really help with that comparison trap too. Because whether it comes to, to sharing or hosting an event or doing that, like if you're rooted in why you're doing it, then it's a lot easier to be like, okay, I don't have to do it the way someone else is doing it because I know what my why is in this. Yeah, for sure. Like when we were talking about me feeling like I suddenly had to have a podcast. And if I asked myself, what is my intention for hosting a podcast right now? It would have been that because I saw somebody else was doing it and I feel like I need to do it too. And that is not the right reasons. And you're that's not alignment. And it's probably not going to be a success. You're not going to enjoy it. It's not going to be that, that free flowing energy and thing it should be. One of my friends um, repeatedly says to me, Emily, let it be easy. Like it does not have to be big and complicated. Like left to my own devices, I can make every, I'm a professional overthinker, but I just have to (laughs) repeat to myself, like, let it be easy if it's meant Mm -hmm. to be. And I know that I am doing what I'm meant to do. Like it doesn't have to be massively complicated to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you are living in your purpose and doing the things you're good at, it should be easy. And I think we often overthink that because we, We do think everything should be difficult, you know, but when you're doing your purpose, the thing you're good at, it often doesn't seem like that should be your purpose because you're good at it. It's easy. Like how, like, doesn't everybody have this? Doesn't everybody do this? And it's like, actually, no, you're uniquely good at this and you need to roll with it and it should be easy and it should be fun and it should be great. 
Yeah. I see a lot of women like discredit how qualified they are for something because they're like, oh, well, everyone knows this or this is this is easy. And it's like to be a successful speaker or a storyteller, like you just need to know like 1% more than the person you're trying to talk mm-hmm. to. Like you are massively qualified to do that just because you are you and you are interested in it and it feels easy. Like you want to talk to me about bookkeeping? No. No, I will hire someone who just says that they like it. Like you do not have to have a degree in accounting for me to trust you to do my bookkeeping because no, thank you. I want nothing to do Mm -hmm. with it. But so often we like hold ourselves to this unrealistic standard of like, oh, I don't know enough or I'm not qualified enough. I don't know blah, 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 blah enough. And it's like, well, if it feels easy and fun and you enjoy it, then you are more than qualified to give that gift to someone else because they don't. Yeah. And monetize it, you know, make it your business, make it a thing. Yeah. Like I told you when we were very first talking about like speaking at that first event is like, just by getting up on stage, you are doing most people's fear. So like people want to see you win. And like, just that you have the audacity to try, like gives you all the credibility that you need to be successful. For sure. So I know you've been talking and thinking about about this a lot lately. What does being a modern day farm chick mean to you? So being a modern day farm chick, when I first picked the name modern day farm chick 11-ish years ago, it was about the farming practices and the technology and me wanting to show consumers how innovative farmers are, how educated we are, and like really show them what goes on at the farm. But the more I've lived life, the more what it means to be a modern day farm chick has changed. Today, it is more so about me and every woman in agriculture being uniquely themselves mm-hmm. and, and being proud of no matter what their role is in their family, in their farm, in agriculture, just doing what makes them happy, being proud, doing all the things, like just being uniquely you. Yeah. I love that so much because how often, whether we impose them on ourselves or someone else imposes them on us, do we live into these, those expectations of what we feel like it should be like? This is what a good farm wife does. This is what a good farmer does. Like this is who I need to be to be this role. And I love that, that you and so many others are starting to say like, no, you can be everything that you are and also be a woman in agriculture. Mm-hmm. So it's also a good message for people outside of agriculture to understand because so often people outside of agriculture think farmers are like 50 year old men with calloused hands and bibbed overalls and it's like no we are a diverse group and we have lots of other hobbies and interests we travel we go out to eat we work on self-development you know Mm -hmm. we do all these different things we don't just roll in the mud at the farm, you know? <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure? Are you on, okay, are you on Twitter? This is a, a very random question. Okay, I'm not either, but my husband is. And right now he has literally exploded ag Twitter because the it's original exciting. post has like over a million views right now. An ag finance company, I don't know the exact name of it. I'm sorry, I need to go look. But again, I don't have Twitter. Used one of his pictures that we had some photos done with Erin Brown from Granville mm-hmm. Photography, and some of them got put in her stock photo business, which is amazing. Anyway, they used one of his pictures in their advertisements. My husband has long hair, he has a man bun, 
And so yeah. someone like commented on it, blasting the fact like, oh, blah, blah. I don't even remember what the original comment was. <laughs> and now people are like going to bat on whether or not he's actually a farmer. And like, oh my then, gosh. then other people are saying, you know, like you want young people in the industry and here's someone who doesn't look like what you would say is the stereotype, but is very much a farmer. Like it's mm-hmm. insane. Okay, this I don't know when this yes. episode is going to come out. I'm sure that like this will all be blown over by them. But like the conversation <laughs> is just a funny example of like here's someone we are like what however many generations deep in agriculture. Like you know he even retweeted back yep. on someone like would you have a heart attack if you knew I was like owner operator? <laughs> like they were like what? Right. <laughs> it's like he has a man bun. Like that's it. So yeah, it's just it's that's a funny. I know. One of my favorite things is like, I don't know, when we go to a concert or you're sitting on an airplane, it's quite interesting to think like who you're sitting next to. Most of the time you don't know, like a lot of people are sitting next to a farmer and don't know it, or we could be sitting next to like some crazy surgeon, you know, who's like crazy good at their job. Like you just, you you can't tell by just looking at somebody what they do. Yeah. So. Anyway, okay, one question I ask every guest is what does personal growth mean to you? I think personal growth for me is just taking time for me. Time to mm-hmm. slow down, to reflect, to remind myself what does bring me joy. And I'm kind of a weirdo. What brings me joy is listening to self-development podcasts and reading self-development books. So I've recently gotten, I don't know, big into that. I really like listening to podcasts. But for the most part, I think it's just slowing down, taking time for yourself, taking time to learn something new, to grow, to put yourself out there in a new way, not just like sticking with the norm. It's kind of, it's getting off track a little bit, you know, getting off the beaten path. Yeah. Yeah. Like repeatedly asking yourself, like, what brings me joy? What do I like? Mm -hmm. And pursuing that. I love it. Mm -hmm. So I know you have a lot of awesome stuff in the works. You want to tell us on what you're working on right now, what we can expect from you in the next, I don't know, coming months, year or so? Yes. So I just got done hosting my last mastermind dinner, which was really fun. And now this summer, this fall, I guess I'm kind of, I want to say I'm taking the mastermind on the road. I have a few different speaking events where I will give my speech on what it means to be a modern day farm chick and then kind of do a little workshop It's like a mini version of my mastermind dinner. So I get to do that at a few women's events this summer and fall. I'm thinking I'm going to host another mastermind dinner of my own in January. Next spring, I'm hosting a retreat. Um, I know. I'm very excited. We're, We're very much in the beginning of it, but the date is set. Got the place. And so now it's just kind of working on the outline. I also have Farm and Grow the Workbook, which is kind of a guide to advocacy and very much for people who just like want to start small. Like if you're a busy farmer and you're like, how do I start connecting with my community or start sharing my story? That workbook is for you. And then I'm in the works of making another workbook that would be more social media based and more helping people really like build a brand and getting themselves out there and and sharing their story. And I think that's it. Just a few things. Well, very cool. Yeah. Where can we find you online if we want to continue the conversation? So on Instagram, I'm Mod Farm Chick. On Facebook, it's Modern Day Farm Chick. My website is AnnaliseWagner.com. 
TikTok is Mod Farm Chick, and I just got on Lemon Eight. Are you on oh, that? Oh no, I haven't. What do you think so far? I like it. It's very, it's like old school Instagram, very like pretty, and it's kind of fun because they have different fonts and like Ooh. things you can do to make like a pretty picture, and it's more like carousel posts um, or just like static posts. I like it, but I'm also like one more another thing. thing. <laughs> That's how I so, feel. Diving in slowly, just kind of messing around with it. But yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I am so appreciative of you. Thanks for having me. All right, friends. We'll see you again next week. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushel.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.